Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are excited about this one. It is Tim and Jacko back with another podcast. And this week we are starting a series, a mini series, a I series. Think they call We've it. Never done a series before. No, called More Than Muscle Ups. Now, we need your help to get this move in. You're going to find out all about it when you get into the main body of the podcast. But safe to say it came from an event where there was just some amazing sharing of some stories and some just, yeah, really kind of incredible and powerful explanations and encouragement of people's journeys. And we want to do something with that. And it's been sparked from an event that we hosted just after Christmas. And uh, we have another event that we're really excited about. If you haven't heard about it yet, our live social event, our free community event that is bringing the podcast alive, the podcast live on the 14th of June. All the details are on the website for that. But basically, we're bringing the whole community together for this free event, including our best podcast guests over the years coming together to bring you a grand event that is wider than just calisthenics because we've got people there to talk about nutrition, to talk about health, to talk about breathing, to talk about yoga, to talk about mobility, to talk about deep ice meditation so a lot of talking well and though tim the taster session so it's going to be mini workshops going throughout the day where you get to experience all these things that the amazing guests are talking about uh, there's new guests being announced all the time so check out the website and socials keep it down on the socials to uh, know uh, the latest on all of that we'd love to see you there it's in nottingham on the 14th of june and that is our free community social the podcast live and there'll be some calisthenics as well right oh yeah no of course i'm presuming you're going to do a calisthenics workshop i hope so i hope i'll be involved (laughs) have you been invited not yet live announcement tim is also coming our best guest from the podcast but we're not better than tim so yeah you come if you want to but just yeah as a participant rather than with any responsibility if we're clarifying can i come yeah well well. yeah okay we'll both we'll see you there right put on your diary and then sit tight, because while we talk about more than muscle-ups. Roll the jingle. More than muscle-ups. More than muscle-ups. More than muscle-ups. So welcome to the first episode of More Than Muscle-Ups series. And we're going to take you on to a little bit of a journey to explain what this is all about. And set well, you up for what is to come. I'm very excited. Not only I always get excited about alliteration. And um, this whole more than muscle ups is, I was thinking of it as that we have conversations about it, like there's far more to this than just muscle ups or just handstands or just human flags, but more than muscle ups is uh, has a much nicer ring to it. You could have higher than human flags. Oh, or deeper than. We don't know anything begins with D. Mm, I'll come back to that. Better than back lever. Oh, <laughs> fancier than front lever. <laughs> Fancy, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> If you, the first thing that you can help us We've with got is, off on a tangent already. Is, to come, is to come with some better alliteration for other things that are more than muscle-ups. But the whole essence of this came off the back of an event that we were at, as Jacko said in the intro. And it was, it was just, there were so many stories that came out of it and people's experiences where they were sharing what calisthenics meant to them. And it was so evident that there are some incredibly powerful um, experiences and stories from within the community out there with you guys that we are really keen to, to want to share where calisthenics has become more than a muscle up or it's more than being able to do a human flag or a handstand yes those things are seriously rooted in the process 
but all the good stuff that comes with that in terms of how we feel about ourselves, our mental well-being, our ability to tackle challenges in life. A lot of the stuff that we talk about a lot, but sometimes kind of just, it's not always what's seen on the on the social media profile of here's how to do a pipe push-up or here's a trick for your, yeah. or a tip for your, for your human flag. And we wanted to bring you guys together to tell your stories on the podcast with Jacko and I just to spread out some massive seeds of encouragement to other people because it is this is a, when when I hear these stories and people tell them to me it genuinely gets me right in the feels <laughs> in the what the feels Jacko what does that mean it's an feels. anatomical Feelers. part get your textbook out you'll find it <laughs> <laughs> it's somewhere near the liver okay but not quite as close makes hairs of me chest stand up now yeah. that's crust from sandwich between the liver and the spleen I think. <laughs> in the feels um yeah, no, I, I wanted to just sort of add into that, that when, you know, when we first started and to sort of give a little bit on our, we'll get to share our stories a little bit in this, um, this first edition of this, of the muscle, more than muscle up series, being that when we first started and we just weren't all of that stuff that we talk about now, it was all, it was always there. We just weren't aware of it. I just wanted to learn human flags. I thought it was cool. Like, all of the other benefits that we were able to talk about now and it being like, you know, to use some people's words, life-changing. Um, we've had some people on the podcast already before, like uh, Chris Saunders, like Lee Reeson, um, have been students, been sharing Truda their stories. Well. Truda, Amy. Um, yeah, if you haven't listened to some of those, make sure you do check them out. I don't know the episode numbers off the top of my head, apologies. But um, yeah, it's it's been it's been effectively life-changing for us and, and, and for different reasons, but... When it's when you start out, it almost is about the muscle up or the handstand or the flag. But as you, as long as you come with an open mind and em, embrace that process and, and that journey, you will get a far more uh, enriched experience and result that goes way beyond the muscle up. Hence, more, more than muscle ups. Yeah, and so before we sort of get delve into the detail of, of our experiences within this, um, this is a call to arms for you guys, is if you want to feature or become on, come and join us on the podcast, share your stories, what we would really like you to do is email us. So the email that you can send them to is... David, which is my first name, um, at scorecardsenates.com. And that's, sorry, that's David at scorecardsenates.com, not David, that's my first name, at scorecardsenates.com. <laughs> but like, <laughs> be a little bit confusing. Um, but you don't don't feel like you've got to put an essay down, like because we we'll, we'll want to dig into it a little bit. But just send us the essence of an overview of, of how calisthenics has impacted and changed your life outside of whether you can do something cool in the gym or not. We're talking about mental health, growth mindset, as I say, perception of your own sort of confidence in the world, your ability to play, interact, how that might have affected careers, family life, all of that sort of stuff outside of what you can actually do with your body, but really what is going on in, in the stuff that's going on in our life, which is so, so important. And the stuff that really, like, really matters. Yeah, so if you uh, if you are keen to come and join us on the podcast, send in a little bit of a, um, a, a reason why, uh, what you'd like to, to talk about, and we can uh, get some of you guys on for... To commit, this will be a very short series if no one actually... Well, I was going to say that. You know, sometimes when you watch a box set, you know you're going to get 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we don't know, committed haven't to that. It could be a series of one. This one, <laughs> if no one emails us. Well, I've got... I've got I've, there's another... There's one other person. Just give a shout out to Ian Cameron, who, for one, has... Um, 
changed his home gym setup, which has mean he's basically got like a brand new scorecard and it's rig that he's now donated back and wants to give it back into the community and for us to give away um, as a prize for something. So uh, keep it, that will, that will happen um, in the coming weeks, months where you're going to have the chance to win uh, a scorecard and it's rig for your amazing home gym. Um, but yeah, I've got an email thread for him where the subject line is get some losers on. Like he loves the <laughs> podcast and he's like, you get some amazing guests on those. Amazing... You, you Tim and Jack on every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, you get some amazing guests on. That's really good. But like what I'm going to, f- what he, um, and I'm sure there'll be other people this will resonate with. Um, when he wants to hear from, other people in the community that are um his words losers no that just sort of not the pros and not the experts and yes we can learn from them but it's like getting encouragement from them and i guess uh, sorry getting encouragement from each other and um being able to hear some of those stories of where people have come from i think that is important the impact it's had so if you've had it yeah if it's had some sort of positive impact on your life in some way we want to hear from you yeah as i say i think it's important because so much on social and then when we get guests on the podcast like we're getting experts in and often people can look like we've got it all stitched up like everything's sorted like i sometimes think that when i'm sharing stuff of the, the struggles that i'm going on people genuinely send messages and go it's really encouraging to hear that you're also like dealing with some stuff and it's, you've not got it all together and the reality is that sometimes I can't make a conscious effort to try and share some of that because mm. I think it's helpful but it's really easy to think and look at everybody else and go oh, Tim's trainers are always going amazing but the reality is that it's not a lot of the time um, and there'll be other parts of, of people's lives where that is is also relevant that maybe we have got struggles with business or career or family life or yeah, being 100%. a dad or whatever. Like being a dad is a massive one for me. <laughs> like that's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Zero to one. Flipping and brutal. But anyway, that's for another day maybe. Um, just one quick one from me. On a logistical point of view, we record 99% of our podcast via the internet. So you don't need anything other than the internet and some headphones. So if you are wanting to come on, don't feel like you have to uh, drive to Nottingham to come and do it in our house. Um, and also be keen to sit in a quiet space. We sometimes, we once got one guy come on <laughs> who wanted to go to Cafe Nero to do it. And this, the clinking of coffee cups and the, the, the frothing machine didn't sound that good. <laughs> anyway, let's, so that's, I think everyone's got we what still they need. need to rearrange that one, if you, so you think I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, so... We're going to get into a little bit of just background. So this is going to be a fairly short podcast. We always say that. It'll be like an hour long. I said like, we've been going a while already it. just in this. Um, but let's talk a little bit then, Jacko. You go first. What is what, in, what does calisthenics mean in terms of more than muscle-ups for you? What does it represent? Um, sort of, so to go, what does it represent to me now? I almost want to go back to what, it's, what started it and what ignited it. Of or Sort of two things. One was, I'd seen a human flag years before, um, still when I was playing rugby, and I was like, you, you know, you like look at something like that and you go, I think it's real. I don't think it's fake, but I sort of do think it's fake because I can't figure it out. I remember like, seeing a guy... My brain just can't figure it out. It's yeah, like, what? The first time I saw it, I was like turning it around at the, 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 the screen <laughs> and going, is that actually, is he upside? He's just hanging onto a bar, isn't he? Surely. No, no, he's, he's actually doing that. Yeah. Um, so there was, so there was that when we, it was like almost like when we were starting to play around with a little bit of stuff, it was like, oh man, yes. Remember that human flag photo I'd seen before? Like, let's try and do that thing. Um, so there was some excitement around just doing something that, like, let's be honest, I just thought it was going to be cool. Um, and then, so that was like one side of it. The other side of it was 
for me changing um changing training um because of finishing playing rugby and wanting something that did tick that box of being a little bit different a little bit more exciting i was um I found normal when I got was able to go back after my head injury into normal weight training, which I thought would be what I'd look. I thought I'd just do bodybuilding, basically, just get massive. Um, you wanted to get aesthetically unpleasing, <laughs> yeah, like so, so big ripped. and so ripped that <laughs> everyone would go, "Oh, it's a bit too, too ripped." Much. Too ripped was a was a hashtag <laughs> that was being thrown around back in 2013. Um, but um, yeah, so like that, and that's effectively based on aesthetics, um, not not based at all on how my body feels and how it's functioning and how well it can move. Um, and as soon, I found very quickly that there was not the motivation in that when there wasn't a reason for it, that if it was just purely for aesthetics, um, I would be, I'd go to the gym and I just couldn't, I'd lost my mojo massively and I never thought I'd lose my mojo. I didn't realize that my, my mojo for training was related to playing a game at the weekend and wanting to be good at that. So, um, I guess I probably had two options. One was going to start doing another sport or something, which never really entered mind. I had no, I had no interest in taking up another sport at the age that I was at, um, and just starting a new career. Um, so playing around with you in the gym doing like handstands and whatnot was like the perfect, it was the perfect fit for me because it was like, right, this is new, this is different, this I, is fun. But I, it's massively challenging, sorry, it'd be massively challenging at the beginning because if you think that, I've not really spoke about this before, that it was um, training when I'd finished, when I was playing rugby, training was for rugby. Um, when I felt strong and felt that I looked good, that did help with my confidence to then be more physical on the field whereas if I felt weak and didn't feel good about myself I wouldn't be as confident about being physical there was that element to it and then when I finished it was like I'm literally doing bicep curls to pump up my arms like that's the only that's what it was that's what it was about so when I when we started doing that kind of thing stuff there I went through that process of being like I don't know how I, I carried on benching for probably about six months because I was like don't want to lose my chest gains that I was doing some crap bench press <laughs> they're literally doing like half reps because I just wanted to chest. do a hundred a hundred kilos oh, pancake tits I thought, exactly because I thought <laughs> I don't know what I'm like when I look back on where I was at, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate it's like you look back on what you used to do and it just had priorities of things just massively out of whack but I was I was in a place where shifting training and it probably took a good six months to a year like I now talk about it 100% not being about aesthetics yeah. or 90% or whatever but it it definitely wasn't that at the start but it's been a huge vehicle for me to change my mindset about what is important with my training and it being now I want to I want to move better I want to be want to I want to be able to move better for longer. I want to be pain-free. Um, yeah, I want to do some cool stuff still, but they're just like the vehicle to help me like improve my shoulder range motion. So like being all jacked up and tight from rugby like was affecting my ability to do a hands-on and human flag. They then became the vehicle for me to be consistent with the range of movement changes that I needed to, to adapt and needs to be regular and consistent with yeah. them. And I think it's for you... Um and it'd be good to get like you to tell this some of the story around this is that did having a new form of training that represented those sorts of things help when you were overcoming your head injury because there was a time where life wasn't easy 
from, yeah. because of that. Where so did, was there any point where having a if you say no now it's fine we'll move on no, to the next no, question. No, 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 having, you're right because I'm not really th- you make me think about it. Having right? a focus of something to work towards was actually helpful when you were struggling to choose a yogurt in co-op one day, and that, that's not a joke. That's yeah, a, that's a. Um, so that's so like, but that like said so that like the day after when I got released from hospital, that day afterwards I, I cried when I was in co-op <laughs> as an adult because I couldn't make the couldn't decide what yogurt to have. They've got a great, they've got a good selection. <laughs> I mean, fair. whereas now you go in Aldi Lidl, it's like, do you want that, do you want that one or do you want that one? There's only two. But anyway, I um, basically the, the the side effects of the head injury and whatever are um, emotional and steadiness no you know yeah, what I mean. that. um yeah so uh and it took me i mean you know for about five four or five months i was actually trying to get back into to playing rugby initially it was almost this transition happened in the january yeah it's not started calisthenics at that point yeah no so fair. then so that was like what was that like august or something um and then it was like the january we actually i was able to start doing a bit of stuff like weirdly i could do some like calisthenics before yeah, running still gave me um, headaches and symptoms. Um, and yeah, no, it's a good question because I've not really thought about it. But I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was in a bit of a, I was in a tricky place because there was a number of things happening at once. If you, if you, if I just had one of those things, so I was like losing my job, which was my sport, which was my hobby, and your identity, and my identity, and then so I'm already at four things. Then I. Like it was, it was Christmas. How are you going to pay your mortgage mm. if you've lost your job, and then you then need to start a new career? And that, so there was a number yeah. of things all going on at once. And then, like part of my identity was like I was like the hard trainer guy, and it was like that was my thing. Like no one's gonna. I wasn't the greatest rugby player by any stretch of imagination. I'm sure there's also people that were harder working than me, but I I prided myself on one thing I will do is I'll work, I'll be the hardest worker in the, in the squad. Um, and then all of a sudden I wasn't even, I wasn't able to do anything. Like it was a case of like, I had to sit in a dark room and, and not like, I couldn't read a book. I couldn't watch the TV. Um, I couldn't do anything. So I was in a, yeah, that was in a, I guess that's where the humble beginnings of my calisthenics journey actually do start with that, which I've not really thought about it. I always think of it, it started when we were messing about in the gym, but it it actually started a bit before that. I was going to say that I actually... Uh, I feel sorry for the people of Instagram that they uh, the followers now that they didn't get to experience those early days because we didn't have a proper school of calisthenics Instagram account when we were doing some of our best work. <laughs> I have got, and I've, uh, it's going to take me days to go through. I've got a go. My go. My GoPro has got some very early calisthenics training. What was that on. clothing? That guy who made those t-shirts uh, that he uh, make, make your mark. Make your mark. And there's a guy who sent us some really nice gestures, sent us some t-shirts. And there is a video of me trying to do a handstand on a beer keg with the beer keg having the vest. With the t-shirt on. Because <laughs> back in the day you had to do everything with the shirt off back then as well, didn't you? So Obviously. random. But yeah, you, you, the, the, the community now are largely oblivious of how awful <laughs> things are. I need to dig some of that out and share some like <laughs> Transformation Tuesday or whatever. It's Throwback Thursday. Um, yeah, that'll probably give you some perspective. Wherever you think you are in your calisthenics journey, we've probably been worse. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine. Um, but yeah, no, in essence, it gave me a... It gave me a bit of purpose and a bit of something to get excited about um, once I was able to get back into training. Um, but, you know, as you've, you're experiencing now, and you can't train because of mm. you've got a hole in your leg from... Cavity, actually. The, the cavity from the infection being cut out. Like, well, I remember 
I wish I'd, I'd, I was embarrassed by it, so I deleted it. I got a picture of me when I was at my, I mean, I remember being like, I was just like lying on the sofa, couldn't do anything, just eating bags of Haribo, like in a, in a dark, sugary place. And like, I'd got sort of like skinny fat. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember taking a photo because it was going to be, I was going to like, well, I'm going to use this as a sort of motivation type of thing. And because in, in my head, I was like, I'm going to get better and I'm going to get back. Um, in shape and that type of thing. So clearly it was about aesthetics to me because I was really struggling with the sort of can't train, feel weak and, and yeah. that. And also my habit, what I'm doing, I was probably eating for um, like emotional thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. eating sweets for comfort. Um, yeah, so it did, yeah, it gave me a, it gave me something, something really positive to focus on from to get out of that headspace. Um, and then the opportunities that came off the back of that of us working together and so yeah. like a lot of stuff was kind of in disarray and then yeah calisense came in and we had the opportunity the for same us to socialize t- exactly. together and then build a business along the same at yeah. the same time and it and was the strength and conditioning stuff we were doing with one athlete and yeah. olympic athletes there was like all the sort of bad things all in one but then that, i've never thought of that but then at the same time there was like all these good things um that came along all in one go so yeah there was a lot of things to deal with but then a lot of like nice things came uh came all together in yeah. one and to be fair without getting too sort of lovey-dovey about it that you were a pillar in that of like do you know what I mean like our like we developed then mm. a friendship but then it was like business from the one athlete and then it was you helping me with my career as an SSC coach but then the opportunity to work together I was doing the performance mindset with some of the Paralympic athletes like that all that all came together from that that yeah. one thing and I think that's probably quite important like when we talk about this series we're like so how has calisthenics changed your life and it's never really I don't think it's ever going to be like that one for some people it might be that one thing of going it's just literally going to the gym and doing calisthenics has, has been massively yeah. impactful but the reality is it's just a it's, for most people it's probably going to be a positive thing which can then spark some yeah, more positive things, things yeah. and it's one of the, it just kind of starts to be something which we can build around or there might be something else that you're building around and calisthenics is coming in from a later stage yeah. so it's i don't want to kind of manipulate the conversation so it's almost like tell us how it's changed your life and that's yeah. the only thing it's always going to be bigger than that but i guess that's the stories that we want to tell of like just like that of how has it been part of something positive and to whatever extent that might look like will be different for the people yeah and in you know it definitely wasn't it, everything didn't change once I could do a muscle up. Exactly, yeah. it was, and that's where the more the muscle ups is so is such a great uh, name for the series. It was more than anything. It was probably like face planting doing a frog stand for the first time, and just yeah. laughing about it. And someone, but people come sort of come up to us in the gym. Sorry, come, someone coming up to us in the gym, going, "What are you doing? It just looks like you're pissing about." And it was like we laughed and was just like, "Yeah, that's what we're doing." Mm. And I remember at the time thinking, "It's probably this is me just being honest, being a." probably a bit cockier back then of be I was like and you know and we're not doing all the boring weights that you're doing and we're <laughs> yeah. still like better than you type of thing like that sounds bad I was, yeah, I'm just being yeah. honest like that's where my mind was probably at at that stage um, I'm a competitive soul and so um, but that sense of play was obviously a positive part of going to the gym and genuinely enjoying training and then how do you feel when you leave and we talk about sort of the endorphins and neurotransmitters and all that sort of stuff that comes as a result of just enjoying that from a mental health perspective is pretty big. So it can I mean, look like something like we are just messing about, but what does that do when I leave the gym? Yeah. That's huge. Like yeah, what yeah. sort of mood do I go home in? How was your session? Flipping brilliant. We're just messing about at a great time. And I think my, my final point of probably, this is something I've thought about this before, of what was the one of the biggest impacts in terms 
of my mindset from it was this concept of you're like what might I be able to because once yeah, you've done yeah. one of those little things you're like man in I automatically would be like in five years time like what might I be doing and granted I haven't still progressed as it. fast as I, <laughs> I wish I had have done but there's still that like there's that excitement of and there's it's hope and excitement of like what can the future do with my uh, with my training because yeah, it's not like this. a little bit more like weight of something or whatever it's like whole new things yeah, like yeah. that's that's when i really got the bug well, i think i like, would have never got that excited about going like say you did a pb and bench press which for me would have been about 63.4 kilos <laughs> um, <laughs> i'll never i never cough and go imagine the day i can do 70 yeah, like, exactly. That's going to be amazing. And then if Not I said how you, I feel like I do about now doing something in calisthenics. Yeah. And even if you flipped it and went like, oh, what if you, maybe one day if you work really hard, you'll be able to do 200. Yeah. You just go, mm, no, like that's it's no chance. Yeah. 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 Whereas for some reason in calisthenics, I say, we could say something to you like, what about doing, you know, when you a first full, try to do a planche, yeah, and we're like, that feels example. impossible going, well, you might be able to do a plan. And then you, mm. like, you sort of go, I don't know, because there seems like there's a little bit... Because it's not just raw pushing strength or be, whatever. It's, yeah. There's something more to it. I'll be honest, like doing a full... Let's take a full plunge because I'm not there yet. If you said to me on day one, when I remember specifically exactly where I was in the gym at H3, I think I've in the, the evening, GoPro. <laughs> I'm like, literally, I put my hands on the floor and tried to get up into a plunge position. If you said to me, you'll be able to do a straddle plunge like I can now, then that probably would have been about as realistic as me bench pressing 200 kilos in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought because it was like flipping. You must be kidding. I can't even like at least I could pick up a bar. Like to do a bench, I could do the movement. Where at that position, I couldn't do anything. So I remember shaking with the bar when I was sixteen first doing bench press. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's 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 probably that's your that's my starting story. point as a. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. Something a lot. Oh, just hit the microphone. Something around that kind of um, that feeling of yeah. What what is more. Where is it? Where does it go? More What's the more? Muscles? Yeah, but for, for, for each of us, what is the more? So yeah. Timbo, what is the more? Obviously, like, I'm sure you can talk about the dislocated shoulders. Yeah, I was going to keep it away from my shoulders because yeah, people but, have heard that. But just, very, this might be the first time yeah. someone's listened to the podcast, so just like, like a, a brief thing on that, and then what else is the more? Well, so I got to a point as a strength and conditioning coach, like reason I've been in on my career for a few years at this point, but... I had dislocated my shoulder doing a 20 kilo or I had just had a bar on my, on my Olympic lifting workshop for my UK strength and conditioning accreditation doing a snatch bar. So bar in a back, back squat rack position and then just literally just doing like a small hop and just putting the bar overhead into a snatch um, position and my shoulder dislocated. So that's how unstable it was. And it was really, st- and I dislocated it again. I'd done rehab, dislocated again, playing rugby, had a surgery. And I was trying to break into a new career at, at that point. And not being able to train was a problem as a strength and conditioning coach and something that I really was enjoying doing. So I f- felt like I didn't have the toolkit to be able to do what I wanted to be able to do. And being in the gym and trying to help athletes and train and stuff with, with not having confidence in my shoulder wasn't a great place. So it has like now not dislocating your shoulder do you think that's been part of you becoming a better coach um crikey i don't know i definitely think you've become a better, like an even better coach from the challenges of learning calisthenics yeah has you know, yeah made I you a, overcome i have a lot more confidence in my, in my shoulder now at least so in terms of movement wise but 
it probably it's all context, isn't it? So the things that the, the sort of like the, the content that we've created, the ideas that we've come up with will largely be driven by some experiences intrinsically, whether I'm aware of it or not. I've got actually mm-hmm. really now I really focus on doing this bomb proof shoulders course, which we're going to be bringing out this year. Yeah. And I really want to do this other piece where, because it's, it's plugging gaps that I know that I was um, weak in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, but it's, it was so calisthenics and being able to find some, find a way to stabilize my shoulders over a period of time has definitely been life changing in the fact that I can train, enjoy, have confidence in the way that I move, um, which I didn't have before because my shoulder would dislocate pretty easily. And I remember the last time I dislocated playing rugby, um, I came off the pitch and I was like, I'm done. I can't do this again. And everyone was like, oh, come on, softy. Like, so did you not play another game after no. that? Crack on. And I was like, I can't. And, and the reason I couldn't... How old were you? Oh, 27, 28, something like that. 26, 27. Um, and the, the reason was I couldn't go through the rehab again because I, I knew what it meant. Like I knew that dislocating was probably going to mean another surgery, which it did. Um, and it was, it was going to mean another six months of rehab and all was that, that the stuff same that shoulder or different? Yeah, same one. Um, and that, so that was the last time, but at the same time I was then had to go through this real identity shift of, I'm not a rugby player anymore, which was quite hard. Um, I was still wasn't in calisthenics at that point. I was starting strength and conditioning, but yeah, things come at the right time. It was the right time for me to stop focusing on rugby and start focusing on my career. So what the dislocated shoulder did actually was focus my attention on becoming a coach more so. Um, so that was that kind of the, the shoulder sort of story. And then that's now like asking me to do a human flag any day of the week and I'll be fine with it. That's how good my shoulders got. Um, so that's the one thing. And then the other one, the other couple of things for me are like one, another personal one is just around how I feel about myself. So I've talked about this before, but from a, from a male dysmorphia perspective about how I feel about my body, I'm not a big guy. I was never a big guy. Nickname at uni? Uh, tiny. <laughs> tiny Tim. I wish I knew you when you were tiny Yeah, Tim. often... <laughs> girls thought that that was alluding towards something else <laughs> <laughs> little did they know david um, <laughs> um joking uh, <laughs> but that yeah so that was like i was tiny tim at uni i was i was 68 kilos pretty much or whatever um when i was playing rugby and just loved it but wasn't a big guy um and then when i got into training uh, i just i probably got to that point of doing bodybuilder training when i first started and then becoming Almost before I started lifting weights, I wasn't really aware of it. Started lifting weights, bodybuilder style training, and then became more self-conscious about how I looked. Um, and yeah, that, then that kind of just started a bit of a uh, a need to sort of look a certain way. And there's a scuba diving instructor who got shirts off a lot. And I don't know, I didn't know a fraction of what I know now about training and nutrition. I would have been way better Nick on the beach if I did. Um but I think like I found, I found myself in this pit of consciously looking at myself in the mirror and feeling self-conscious, not feeling confident with how I, I looked. And this is the whole mindset thing that I've talked about before is like if I went through a block of training, even a week, I'd look in the mirror and go flipping shredded, looking wicked, look how big you are. <laughs> and then if I go for a week of not training, I'd look in the mirror and go, what, like maggot, absolute <laughs> weasel. And I'm laughing because only because it's exactly the same thing. A like, week, nothing happens in a week. <laughs> That's exactly the same person. It's just entirely what's going on in my head, which is telling me whether I'm happy with how I look or not. We used to get weighed every, every day at training. That's good for your mind. <laughs> Skin folds done every week. And then... Just in case things had changed, I would then also measure. I would also weigh myself a couple of other times during the day <laughs> as well. 
Obsessive. (laughs) Crazy obsessive. And it's still a little bit of a thing now, but like because I don't do like weight-based training, like barbells, dumbbell work very often. And just the the purpose of why I'm training and why I'm trying to move is not around aesthetics. So if I was doing barbell-based work or or, um, dumbbell-based work, there would always be some part of that which was going to be based on, well, am I getting bigger or not? Because that's how the the best way to get big is to do that kind of training. And the thing when you haven't got, we're not training for a sport. Yeah. You ask yourself then the question, what are you training for? You can, I'm going to do some functional movements, et cetera, to Mm. just move better. But it's, I don't know, for... Yeah, I think a lot of us find it difficult not to because it's interesting how you said about your mindset changes when when you didn't used to do any weight training like not really bothered about how I look or even notice people I remember having the same thing with my wife like when I started getting into training I said we weren't married just when we were courting (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah getting it and then like I would like see a massive dude like walk past that clearly was like doing maybe some extracurricular activities as well as his like hypertrophy. And you'd be like, Jid, did you see that guy's arms? And she'd be like, no, just some bloke, just the same as all the other blokes. I'm like, how can you not see that guy like his mega bodybuilder? And like I've taught, I've not on purpose, but like effectively like trained her eye to be able to like, she can, she can now see if there's a dude, like she can look at you and tell if you train or not. My favorite one is like <laughs> Cara, my wife, like when she's my best supporter, it's like we'd be watching a movie back in the day. Um, and I'd see somebody on TV, like Hugh Jackman or Jason Statham or something like that. I'd be like, that guy is shredded. She'd be like, you look like that. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. Just without the chops. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if she was ever like, did she mean it? And my mind would never let me see that. Or was she just being nice? Let's like, get her in nice because she's in the next room. <laughs> but anyway, like, so that, what calisthenics has done for me is like, there are still that, those things in my mind of doing training a certain way, but they're not as important to me as being able to do the movements that are more interesting. I have way more fun doing ring muscle-ups. And you know what? Doing ring muscle-ups for hypertrophy benefits is flipping brutal. Like, it's because it's super hard on your joints. Um and being able to do clean muscle-ups and the planche progressions, and I'm finding that my body is just kind of defaulting to probably what it's actually most comfortable at. I always found that when I was trying to put weight on in a hypertrophy-type phase of training, I'd be eating more, and I'd be spending more, and I would be um, just sort of like putting loads of effort into the gym, and then I would leave it for a month because we were away or whatever, or or traveling or, or work or whatever, not train as much, and all of a sudden it would just fall off me. And, uh, and somebody would go, I probably weren't doing it right. But I was able to put weight on. I just couldn't hold it. And it just goes back to me actually finding some peace with the frame that I've got, the size that I am, the genetics that I've got, of going, your body just doesn't want to be that big. Like, that's just not you. And, and you, you'll see some people that athletes have trained in the past, they go in the gym, they look at a dumbbell, and that's two kilos. Like, they just bang on weight like crazy. That's just not me. And, and people in bodybuilding hypertrophy would be like, oh, okay, we can do this and that but I don't want that life. Like I don't want to be obsessing about protein every two hours in, in Tupperware containers and doing the amount of like isolated body training. I'd much rather like body part training. I'd, I'd much rather go and work towards freestand, 10 freestand handstand pushups. And no one will look at me and go, Oh, you're pretty weak. If you can do that, just regardless of how big my deltoids are. So yeah. I think that for me is probably the biggest one. And it is still a continuous battle. And there are times when I feel like, like now I'm not training much because I've got some baggage, some issues going on. I'm thinking, what am I going to do when I get back in the gym? And I might go and do some more like hypertrophy, hypertrophy variables, but that's 
more of a mental health thing of just that's just going to make me feel a bit better about myself. And then when I've done a bit of that, I'll be like, okay, I'm back into this now. Like I can, I can move on. So there's nothing wrong with that type of yeah. training. I don't want to villainize and demonize like training to, to look a certain way because it's important that people are confident with, with how they look. But I guess I'm at a point where my body comp, uh, I'm kind of just where I'm at a comfortable point. So it's not, yeah, I'm not saying don't train to look a certain way or to, to because training to, to look and be in a place where aesthetically you're really pleased with how you are, that's also super important for your head. Mm. I just don't want it to be my sole purpose because what I find is in those in that situation, I become over-obsessive about it and I start to dislike the way that I look. I've gone too far. Does that make sense? Whilst we know you are probably really enjoying the podcast, there's something else that we think you will also really enjoy. And that is the virtual classroom. If you're a beginner, we have got an eight-week free beginner's program designed to help you start your calisthenics journey where you're going to learn how to move better, get superhuman strong and have a lot of fun along the way. If you're ready to take your training to the next level and learn some of the iconic calisthenics movements like a frog to handstand or a muscle up, then inside the virtual classroom you are going to find all the training programs and educational information that you need. But rather than keeping you from the podcast for any longer than necessary, head over to schoolofcalisthenics.com where you're going to find a bodyweight training resource which is different to anything else available anywhere. Tim, I think they're ready to get back to the podcast. Well, I think there's potentially, like if you if you go take that aesthetic pleasing image and apply it to a handstand or a muscle up to to do a aesthetically pleasing calisthenics movement will require those two things of movement and strength like we have to move well it needs to be if it's going to look effortless it needs to be beautiful movement like you've talked about before and therefore whereas you can look aesthetically like big and ripped etc and be in a boatload of pain and be super restricted and not being able to move very you well. Move like a pudding. Yeah, but you could yeah. you'd look might look great on a photo, but yeah, what's your yeah. head actually like? And are you hating life because you can't move and everything's painful and mm. this that the other? So there is that whole. It does it does provide that vehicle for you to like move. It give, for me, it gives you like a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And one thing you made me think about um, just to finish on from from my point of view was that probably before, I look at movement very, very, very differently now. And probably before, if someone went, oh, can you do something? Like maybe it's like a, a funny squat or just, just can you do something? And I'd be like, try and, nah. Oh, if I can't, I'd say, oh, no, I can't do that. Whereas now it's like, if I try and do something, like, why can't I do that? Mm. And then like, I've always loved problem solving. I love like maths and science and whatever. Just any sort of problem solving thing as an opportunity to try and learn something. And so now it's like, if I can't, if you like go, oh, can you sit on the floor and put that leg there and put this leg there, then stand up. And if I can't, it's like, why can't I do that? And I want to get to the bottom of why I can't do that. Because I see that as a problem. Like I should be able to do mm. this, that, the other. Um, and yeah. again, that's where, that's where it's become a very different modality to training um, that I think is massively positive rather than you know if i if you put go can you i've deadlifted 200 kilo once before in my life if you put 200 kilo on the bar now i wouldn't be able to lift it and there's there's no problem solving it's like well i can't lift that i'm mm. not strong enough because i don't do it anymore it's not there isn't some sort of restriction somewhere and this hip feels tight and that one in internal external yeah, or whatever yeah. it be whereas 
it's it's quite simple. I like the I like the complexity. You talk in our coaching seminar um, about em- embracing com- complexity. Mm. I think calisthenics makes you do that. Yeah. It brings you along with it. Like you don't even all these things that we're talking about. Actually, one of the, probably the, one of the greatest things about it is that it it just draws you in and just takes you. It's yeah, like yeah. its own thing. It's just like a train. You get on it and then it's like you're going. Yeah. And whether you whether you want to change how you think about your body or not, it's going to happen yeah. because all of a sudden your priorities are going to change because you're trying to do this thing rather than get the six pack. Yeah. You might get a six pack as well. So you get the double the double whammy. Um, how do you feel about potential overshare? Um, uh, you've overshared more in the past. Yeah. Oh, no, another one. Oh, so, no. oh sorry. You've got, I thought you were saying, have you overshared too oh, right, much? No, I was just I going know. through ahead of some previous oversharing experiences. <laughs> um, on the podcast or the, um, Your best oversharing was at a retreat once, I think. Oh, yeah. No, that was a good one. I think you'd had a glass of wine or two. Yeah, and was probably not very happy. <laughs> I wasn't meant in a very good place. There's some stuff that happened. Um... Last one. And that is the type of intimate experience you get at one of our retreats. We do have to be, We've got three spaces left in the UK and we've got five spaces left in Sri Lanka. Oh, come to Sri Lanka. <laughs> I'm excited about that one. Um, and the UK. Also, uh, yeah, I've seen the UK venue is looking amazing, actually. So um, they're both, we're going to be spoilt this year. Uh, last one. And I don't want this to sound... What's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it's not going to come to mind. But I don't want it to sound conceited. I think that is the right word. What do you mean by that? Uh, Self-promoting f- uh, and egotistical, I think. Promote yourself if you, if you want to. Well, it's to. not, because it's more about us. Okay. Like, um, promote us. No one, one else is going to promote us. One of the things that's more than muscle-ups for me about, and this is why I wanted to do this series, you know, sometimes I'm kind of, I question what you're doing in life. Like, are we actually, in the great scheme of things, when you take all of this stuff away and go, what is actually important am I doing something which is of value? And when we get some of the feedback from people and we never set out to do it, but as a result of what we've done and sort of, yeah, what the School of Calisthenics is now all about and that's us and then the people in the community that are massively part of it. When we get the stories of people that say that what you've done has made a positive impact, what you've done has changed my life and it's not what we've done, it's just what we are sort of, responsible for in many ways yeah. um that's the most important thing for me like yeah. because i i get to sit there and have an incredibly privileged feeling of going for the short period of time that i'm on the planet i have done something to help one other person yeah. and it's not about i'm not actually however many instagram followers that we we might have and that's that on my top of mind because someone asked us about it today or how big this thing ever gets like those individual experiences of one person saying that this is super important and whether you know it or not, it's been really positive for me because we've shared some content about muscle up or a human flag and we've created a community. That for me is is like the biggest more than muscle ups, whether I think I've got small shoulders or not, like will always be overshadowed by the fact that we have an opportunity to positively impact other people's lives yeah overshare or well, not no, no i don't think but i don't want that to be like oh look how good we are no, no, it's not but, it that, but it's just generally no, because no. it's coming we're not asking for it until now yeah. like it's come but then we we get this stuff in and we're going like people need to hear these stories yeah. because they're incredible yeah and i think it comes as or that there's like two things one is that if if everyone goes away 
as long as I don't, then there's still like how I, what I said at the start of my story, like it's changed my life. Mm. Like what you've done has has done that. Um, so there's always one. Yeah, <laughs> um, change your um, life, Jacko. Yeah, no, it is. Chalk it up. What's uh, what's no, it's true. Um, and I think what that that all comes off the back of like, um, you know, working at the school of calisthenics. It's not um, always just doing funny pictures and funny videos and just yeah, messing yeah. about in in the gym. Um, and so there's there's times and there's days where like you've got your head up your ass a little bit going, oh, crikey, I've got mm. this, this, that, the, the, like all the different things that we're trying to do. And then when you get one of those stories, like the encourage, because when you're in the bog of whatever it is that you might be doing, you lose sight of that, like, are we, and that's when you question, are we actually doing anything positive in the in the actual world to yeah. affect, like, actually something? Am I using my time on this planet effectively? And then you get a little message or an email or something where it's like, and you go, okay, like, yes, we are. And I think that's mm. where, that's where it becomes just a thank you from us to those people that do reach out and, and, and share that because Cause it takes some vulnerability often as well yes it, it does exactly and the encouragement that um that we get from that is literally phenomenal that will keep me firing for another couple of months and then yeah and that's i guess that's probably one of the reasons why uh wanting to do this podcast series is we want you all to be able to experience that same encouragement that the people are going to share as long as someone gets in touch. <laughs> yeah. We've done this, put this thing out there, gone and like, look at all the lives we're changing. I oh, know there isn't any, it's just me and you. <laughs> there's some pre, we can get some people back on that have done. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a really nice, there's some testimonials that came off some of the uh, Marbella trips that we've done yeah, where yeah. there's people who've shared those stories. Like Flavia's one that springs to mind recently was a really, and, um, and her partner, yeah. uh, Fran, who t- like changing from bodybuilding into yeah. calisthenics, and the, the the differences that that's made for both of their lives. Um, I think the big thing to add into that is that that we feel so thankful to the community of all you guys that are listening and that follow us on various different channels because so much of the experiences of the people that are giving us these stories are not actually rooted in, in what Jack and I have done in terms of whether there's a coaching video that's made a particular difference. It's actually because they plugged into and had an experience of the community yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. And whether that's virtually online and it's just being encouraged by other people yeah. around the world or face-to-face in a class or on a retreat or whatever it might be. So yeah. that is um, just another thing of we, the reason why we want to put these stories back into the community is to let you guys know how effective and how beneficial you have been to see these other people as well yeah um so we're all part of this little yeah. ecosystem that they might have of. connected at one of our uh, live events that yeah. we ran the third of which is uh, coming up on the 14th of june if you missed that in the intro jacko uh, make sure you get a live event this yeah. year yeah, i'm super uh, excited well basically i don't know what's going on i'm, I'm in the dark well basically lined up a number of like highbrow podcast guests that we've had on before to come and do this thing live with us and um if no one turns up then i'm gonna have egg on my face <laughs> and have like six or seven amazing podcast guests with uh, no one to talk to so don't make me look silly in front of everybody it's gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be great details on the website so Four that you- is it guys last call to action if you've got a story which you would like to share with the community we would get love to have you touch. come on the podcast and tell it yourself um you get the the um the, the, i'm gonna say privilege or whatever that might be of joining jack and i for a chat uh, you don't need anything but an internet connection 
preferably like a little headset microphone, like on your iPhone headphones or Just something like that, iPhone. earbuds or whatever. Um, and drop us an email to david at schoolofcalisthenics.com. Tell us a little bit. You don't need to go into all the gory details. Um, you can save those gory. That was the wrong word. <laughs> all of the, the finer details of what I wanted to say. Um, if you've got gory details, definitely save those for live because the texture's good. Um, and do send, though, do send that via email um, rather than social media because um, sometimes depending on how busy it's been that day we may or may not be able to get through yeah. all the messages so um, yeah email means that I'll definitely get it I did that thing again where I said it's not going to be a long one it's 45 minutes that's good, it's good. 45 is a good number yeah we're going to wrap it up there so guys get in touch we look forward to hearing from you hope you are all doing amazing we look forward to hearing your stories about why calisthenics for you has been more than just muscle ups so until next time, class dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts. So we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys. And we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value. And also, if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars, not as good keep it five are the best five of your best stars please (laughs) and if you would like to find out more about the school of calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got head over to our virtual classroom you can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com and that is where we have got literally possibly the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world it's definitely the best one we've done and on that note until next week class dismissed